Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In tonight's show, we'll find out how to be captivating on camera, according to the amazing TV star Wendy Davis. Wendy has most recently been seen on the OWN Network, on the hit series Love Is. She's well known for her role as Colonel Joan Burden on Lifetime's Army Wives. Wendy has also played the reoccurring role of Kimberly Mitchell on Scandal, Lynette White on High Incident, and Ronnie Lee on the new WKRP in Cincinnati. She has also appeared in shows like Cold Case, The District, Martin, The Sinbad Show, Criminal Minds, and NCIS. Wendy was born in Baltimore, Maryland, and graduated from Howard University. You can register for her class at actingpros.com. You can follow her on Instagram at RealWendyDavis. So I see that uh, Wendy is on the board, and let me go ahead and bring her on the air. Good evening, Wendy. Hi, how are you? Fantastic, fantastic. So I want to dive right in into what you think is your ideal student for how to be captivating on camera. Well, the ideal student for a class like this is an actor who already has their foundational training uh, pretty well put together. So they've, they've studied. Um, maybe they have a, a background in theater. Um, and someone who's looking to transition from theater into film and television. That would be the ideal student for this class. Yeah, and you know, that, that's one thing about people who have been on stage and they go to TV and it seems like, I don't know if it's cameras or what it is, but why do you think close-ups are so intimidating for some people? Well, I'll tell you. You know, when you're on stage, and oftentimes in our training uh, as theater actors, a lot of the instruction has to do with really pushing our energy out, making sure that we hit the back of the house. And so we get accustomed to that feeling of hitting the back of the house with our energy. Film is something that's completely different. Um, it's, it's, it's actually that the feeling of film acting and specifically in a close-up, is something that is somewhat implosive in a way. And so the energy that you're pushing out in a close-up is only going maybe, you know, less than a foot from your face, literally. Mm. The way you would speak to someone in an intimate setting, I always say a close-up is similar to pillow talk. It's that close. Mm. It's that intimate. However, it doesn't feel that way because the camera is across the room. But that is where, <laughs> that's how intimate it is. And so we still sometimes desire or we still feel like in order for our performance to, to have an impact on the audience that we have to push it to the back of the room. And generally what that does is it blows the close-up out. It's generally too much energy, and 
it doesn't work in that particular frame size. Hmm. Yeah, Wendy, what's your opinion of that, that old saying about the camera captures thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that was an old saying. <laughs> that's, that's, definitely a true, that's, that's definitely a true saying. One of, the, <laughs> one of the really important things that actors must understand about the camera is that it's going to capture every single thought that you have whether it's related to the scene or your character or not. So if you have a random thought in the middle of your scene, the camera is going to capture that. Um, mm. On stage, you can get away with a lot more. You can refocus yourself and get back on track on stage, and no one will be the wiser. But on camera, they'll pick it up. It'll be, it could even be very, very subtle, and the camera will still pick it up. And I think that's partially why film scenes, if you notice most film scenes are no more than four pages. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is that there are these tiny little um, sort of snippets in a way that when you string them together, they tell a story, unlike... Um, a theater piece. That's true. So now your co-star from Army Wives, uh, Sterling K. Brown, has talked about the concepts of, you know, you go into a role, you ask, you know, who am I? You know, what do I want? Mm -hmm. What's standing mm -hmm. in my way? So, um, so working with uh, Sterling, what, what's some of the things you've learned from him? Well, you know, he wasn't a big Emmy award-winning actor at the time, so. Um, I wasn't really studying him like that. <laughs> Maybe I should have been paying more attention. That's true. Maybe I should have been paying more attention. But what I did um, learn from Sterling, he was always just impeccably prepared. He was always, um, this was some of his on-set protocol, he was always very kind and generous to everyone. And it didn't matter, uh, you know, who was there. He, he was always just a consummate gen gentleman. And, you know, that sounds like it would be a given on a set, but unfortunately it's not. Sometimes when people mm. get on movie sets or TV sets, they become jerks, actually. And especially after a few years, I've seen it happen several times. So. He was one of those guys who just stayed the same. And he's still, even though he's reached this really great level of success, he's still the same great guy. And that's definitely something to, to, take, to take with you. Um, the other thing that I always loved about him is that he was always so viscerally alive. He was always so vulnerable. His work was very, very um, vulnerable. And, and um, that is something that I think can be challenging for men. It can be challenging for all actors, but mm. he just happened to be extremely sensitive. And that, I think, is something that makes people or makes the audience fall in love with the character. 
So you have that Absolutely. vulnerability. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I know in the past uh, you've touched on in your workshops uh, the whole subject of the pilot season and getting ready for pilot season. What's some of the keys to that? Well, the thing about pilot season is so pilot season is really January to March. And it used to be a much bigger deal because the pilots were all cast during that time. Now things have changed a bit because uh, there's so many more channels. Uh, So they're oftentimes casting for television pilots all year round, especially with the cable shows. So the biggest thing about season and auditions in general is you've got to be ready when you go in. That's really not a space to, I don't want to say it's not a space to learn because you do learn from everything. But when you're walking in the room, if you intend to get get a role, you have to not only sell them on your ability to do the job, but also your, your own personal confidence as an artist. If you are insecure in the audition room, that makes them nervous. They can't spend money or invest in you if they're going to have to coddle you. What they're looking for is a team of people that will make their jobs easier. So not only do you have to be able to do your job well, but they also want to believe that you are a confident professional who's a nice person and is easy to work with. So those are the things that you need to also make sure that you communicate when you're in the room. Yeah, you know, when you you've got a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work, and you just touched on confidence. What's been the key to to maintaining your confidence? God. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like everyone else. I have some days where I'm feeling you know, very, very confident and some days where I struggle with that. I never really struggle with confidence in the area of my work. It's, it's other things. And I honestly just give it to God and keep on moving. And that's, that's true. Awesome. Awesome. So I know that you've taught on the subject of one-line audition. So what's your approach to that? Right. Well, what most actors, the mistake that most actors make, I think, with one-line auditions is they don't fill it out. They don't create a world. And so it's important to create a strong beginning. Then you have your one line or your moment and then an ending And oftentimes actors will just go in and say the line. They will try to say the line in a unique way. I say create create a little moment. Create a a moment that's complete, a moment before the line and a moment after. And that, because acting isn't just talking or it just isn't saying a line. There are yeah. many, many non-verbal, many non-verbal moments that go into into creating um, a scene. 
And so just create a scene with just that one line, but create a strong beginning and a strong ending that's in alignment with the story. And that's what I recommend actors do with one-line auditions. Hmm. Okay. So in this stage in your career, do you still uh, audition a lot? Yeah, mm-hmm. I sure do. I audition a lot. And I think it's so funny because I, I was talking to Sterling not too long ago in an interview, and I asked him about that. And I said, oh, do you still audition? He said, yes. I think that's – I think that there are only a few. you got to be at the AA list to be on that level oh, okay. where you're not auditioning. Um, wow. If Sterling's still going in for meetings and readings, you know, uh, I I just think that, you know, auditioning is something that, that every actor needs to embrace and love because they're going to be doing it an awful lot. That's right. That's right. What's it like to work on the OWN Network? I loved it. Um, I mean, you know, listen, who didn't grow up watching Oprah and, and being um, – you know, just educated by her. And, um, you know, in a way, Oprah feels like your aunt. She she really does, even though, you know, I've, I'd never met her before. Of course, when I met her, I just felt like she, she was an aunt of mine. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, she's, she's such a powerhouse, but she's also a woman who's always really on a spiritual journey. And she's She's living her best life, <laughs> and um, that's very that's very inspiring. I mean, it just shows you the potential and the possibility of you know what you can create. And you know, she's not only is she an incredible leader, but she's just inspirational. I mean, it, it's there's no accident that she's become as successful as she has. I mean, that inspirational energy that she exudes on television. I mean, it's there in person as well. And that's why so many people love her. Oh, yeah, that that you definitely can't fake that. So, let's take a uh another turn down the road here and talk about producing. I know uh you've produced uh Just a Dream and there's another project uh One Step. Talk a little bit about those. Well, um I I like producing. Um, those projects were both uh, small projects that I wanted to just sort of try my hand at producing, and I enjoyed the producing process, although not as much as I enjoy the acting process, um, which is why I haven't dealt even more completely into the the producing process. I think it's something that you have to love. Anything that you, anything that you're going to do, any profession that you're going to do, you have to love it. If you don't, you won't be very good at it and you won't excel. And so producing was something that I liked, but discovered that it was something that I didn't absolutely love. Although directing is something that I may fall into, I believe I would like directing more, directing television. 
right. is an area that I am interested in. Yeah, yeah. For TV, it's challenging. I mean, it's like you only have like seven days typically. you got to turn things around quick. Well, the thing about television, though, is you don't have to really develop anything. You're really telling the story that they've already set up, which I like that idea because <laughs> it's, 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 it's a ship. The reason why I like it so much is it's a ship that's already moving, right? So I come right. in and I, I direct actors all the time. That part's easy, right? And the script exactly. is already developed. Versus if you're directing a project from scratch, a film, well, that's something you're, you're developing a script, you've got script rewrites, and then you've got more rewrites, and it just takes a lot longer to get a film to camera than it does a, a television show. That show is already going. So right. directing television is already very, very similar to what I do now. So, and I, I really like the part about not really having to develop the script. The script is already there. Mm. And so now it's just, how do you tell the story? And I like that. Mm. So the script's already developed. So I, I take it that you, you probably wouldn't be too big into writing a script. Right. You know, writing, again, that's another one of those skills that I wish that I... I wish that I loved writing. It's sort of like, you know, when, you're, when your mom says, I want you to meet this nice young boy. <laughs> and you meet him and, and you don't have anything. I'm talking about when I was a young girl. Um, you meet him and you don't have anything in common. And even though it would be perfect, the families would, get along wonderfully you just don't like the boy well <laughs> that's how it is with me in writing it's like man I really should be writing I really should write and I really should love writing but I just don't and um, I'm old enough now to realize that if there isn't a spark of interest there then move on, figure out a way to get that done. I don't mind polishing a script. I just, the writing process is just something that doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, it could be quite a challenging challenging thing. So, um, so you've been in the business for a while. So do you think that roles are, are better for women now than when you started? I do. I think that roles are better for women. I think roles are better for people of color. Um, I think there's a wider variety of people of color. I think that's very valuable and important as well. And I, I hope that I hope that this isn't a trend, that this is something that continues that. I think the better we understand each other and other cultures inside of the dominant culture of America, I think that that will bring us together. You know, everything doesn't have to look 
uh, one way. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the things that's one of the things that's so beautiful about America is that there are many different um, ethnic groups here. And I, I, I enjoy those, I enjoy those differences because I feel like that's what makes America, excuse the pun, but I think that's what makes America great is the melting pot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All working together. What kind of roles stretch you? Oh, um, Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely roles that have some type of physical impediment. That those are always hmm. challenging, like a blindness or hmm. uh, something like that. Um, Accents can be challenging um, if you if it's not an accent that you don't hold naturally. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to playing an alien. That will be fun. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that will be a lot of fun and. and this role that I'm going to play is um, it's, it's in affiliation with the Star Trek brand. And so, you know, Star Trek has a very, very long and storied history. And so I've got a lot of research to do in order to play this character. So Star Trek um, alien culture, they have very, 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 um, there, there's a lot of sort of prolific writings on these these alien cultures, and so that's going to be really fun to to dive into those stories in order to help me play this role authentically. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I know Star War. I mean, uh, Star Trek has been been around for so long. We've got, uh, of course, CBS has their new. Uh, the new iteration right. of that. On, uh, right. It's, on yeah, it's, it's, it's along those lines. Right. It's along those. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be another one of those. So it's not this discovery, but it will be another one. Oh, nice. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. So now there's Thank actors you. like uh, Samuel L. Jackson. They, they, they either tell or strongly suggest what directors should do so is that something you've done in the past tell directors what they i'm not well like he'll 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 suggest he'll kind of like well he'll uh i guess he'll push back a little bit and he's he's a little bit more opinionated about how how a character can be interpreted so in other words yeah he'll kind of throw in a suggestion well you got to look at who sam jackson is I mean, Sam Jackson is famous for having, for being opinionated, right? <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's like, he's like, you know, that's part, part of his brand. And so 
when Sam Jackson says something like, fuck you, motherfucker, <laughs> right, or whatever he says, I mean, isn't his word, motherfucker, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of leniency. Like, Sam Jackson can come at a director like that. Um, I'm not sure as a woman that that's something that would, that if I did the exact same thing that Sam Jackson did, uh, given that he's, his stat, status as an actor and mine, that we would have the same reception. Part of that has to do with status. The other part has to do with gender. So even though we've come a long way in Hollywood, I still do feel that, you know, um, there are still gender roles, and in those gender roles there are expectations. So we'll leave that to Sam. <laughs> I'll probably huh. have to communicate. I'll have to communicate it in a, in another way. That's interesting. You say that you have to be. I guess you're saying as a woman in Hollywood, you have to be more subtle. Yeah, I would say as a woman anywhere. Hmm. And and I'm hmm. and I'm not necessarily saying that in a I'm not saying that that's the way it should be. I'm saying that times the best way to get what you need or what you want is to be more diplomatic. Yeah, that's. Uh... That's definitely a, a tactic you can use. Um, what's your take on the Me Too movement? I um, think that it's an, an important movement, although I also feel that uh, I feel that it's very, very important. I just also feel that our current culture is what I call um, guilty until proven innocent. So mm. that's the other challenge. I think that it's important that we're, women are finally being listened to, <clears throat> but I also feel that we do need to hold judgment until we actually have a guilty verdict or that someone has been proven guilty. I'm not a fan of just accusations leading to um, to, you know, dismissals. And I mean, in, in our business, my business, our business acting film, I mean, all someone has to do is make an accusation and that accusation is full enough to cause you to possibly lose your job. Yeah. And, and so I think the Me Too movement is important and very vital, but Due process is something that I think is also very important as well. And um, so that's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to take a a right turn into uh, more into how you prepare. So talk about your morning routine. Morning routine is simple. I have uh, bulletproof coffee, which is, um, butter. Coffee and, and butter. I love mo- that. 
coffee and butter. That's right. So I just put basically about a, a tablespoon of butter in uh, some steaming hot coffee. And I use a little monk fruit as sweetener, really getting off the sugar. And then I go to the gym or go for a walk or just get out and move, take the dogs for a walk or something. So that's my the very first thing that I do in the morning. And then when I, I get home, I, I get ready for the day, whether it's a, an audition or, <coughs> excuse me, or um, preparing for a class. Um, I always take that moment to just have my coffee and then just get outside and move my body. You know, out here in California, it's, the weather is always so beautiful. And it's, in the morning, it's just so pristine. It just sort of brings me to life being outside in the morning. Nice, nice. Are you into uh, intermittent fasting? Yeah, I like intermittent fasting. Um, I like it a lot. Um, if if I do IF, then I will yep. usually stop eating around 2 and then go for the rest of the day. So I'll eat in the morning wow. and go for the rest of the day. But when you're not burning yeah. carbs, your body handles it a lot better. You're You're not as hungry. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've been doing eight, eight to four, and that's that's fantastic. It just works perfect. Oh, for good. Me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, last question: What's your personal motto? My personal motto. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I have one. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't think of it right now. Oh, gosh, my personal motto. I mean, the the first thing that came to mind is the Calvary is not coming. And (laughs) I wish that there was something a little bit more positive. But, you know, (laughs) what that means to me is that it's important to – be self-sufficient. It's important to be able yeah. to to take care of yourself. And um, so if there is a challenge or that you're facing, if there's something that you want to do and you don't know how to do it, um, it's up to you to learn how to do it. It's up to you to make it happen because the Calvary is not coming. <laughs> so... It's it's along the lines of if it is to be, it's up to me. So I I'd have to say that's off the top of my head. That's my motto. Awesome, awesome. Well, Wendy, as <laughs> always, it's been a pleasure. Well, thank you so much for for having me on your show. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, you have a blessed night. You too. Take care. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. All right. All right, folks, remember to always do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Night. How would you like to get the inside scoop on the secret sauce of show business? Imagine being ahead of the pack when it comes to knowing how to land that part you crave and that 
film, play, or TV program. Listen to the Inside Acting Radio Show hosted by William Powell, the king of D.C. media, at blogtalkradio.com. Search Inside Acting. Under the dark you pacify me Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes the sound no one can find out 